Hello and welcome to another episode of the J.D. Rucker Show. I'm your host, J.D. Rucker, and if you are watching the video, you will notice something different. I'm not there. We are going to be trying something different, like I said, today, and we'll see how it goes. Today's show is specifically dedicated to my good friend, Malcolm, over at America Out Loud Talk Radio. I want to run a test, okay? If you're listening on America Out Loud Talk Radio, pay very close attention. If you're not listening on America Out Loud Talk Radio, then still pay attention because it's it's important stuff. So the the uh, program over there, it's just fantastic. We just picked up some some brand new people with uh, Attorney Thomas Renz. He's got a show now. Uh, of course, Dr. Peter McCullough has, has had a show for a while. We've got some, some great uh, other fantastic people, people that I listen to and read myself. You know, they, they post articles, they get some great shows going out there. And, uh, oh, and we, we just picked up Dr. Paul Alexander to go to, to join the, the lineup. Again, great stuff is happening over there. My intention, you know, my hope has always been to, to, uh, you know, basically divide up as that's probably the wrong way to put it to make as many, uh, exclusive pieces of content as possible right now the way that i've been doing it is that i do my show and it gets broadcast on on rumble and variety on and bit shoot and apple podcasts and red state talk radio and and america out loud talk radio of course my question for you the audience specifically at america out loud talk radio is hey are you that out there you know what i, I mean i know you're out there obviously if you're listening to this but you know, what sort of I guess the the real question is how how passionate are you? How big are you? I have a feeling that the audience at America Out Loud is pretty darn big, but unlike you know, you can always go to get people that have YouTube channels, for example, they go to YouTube and they can say, hey, you know, hey, I'm here on YouTube, and look, I've got I've got two hundred thousand uh, views on this video and and eight hundred likes or whatever. The one bad part about talk radio is that it is hard to quantify the size of the audience as well as the passion of the audience. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying, Oh, you know, well, I I need to have a hundred thousand listeners every episode or else I'm out of here. That's not (laughs) by no means. Is that what I'm saying? But if I am going to do an exclusive show as I want to do for America out loud talk radio, then I want to know that the people are there to listen, that, that, that there really is as large of an audience as I believe there is here. So what I'm asking you to do is this. If you're listening right now at America, Out Loud talk radio, whether you're listening, you may, maybe you're listening to it through Apple podcasts. Okay. That's fine too. You know, I don't, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you listen to me live or not, as long as the audience is there, as long as you guys want to hear more of the political report that I do for America, Out Loud talk radio. If you want to hear more of it, and if you want it to be exclusive, exclusive for two hours a day, then let me know. Go to jdrucker.com slash talk. That's jdrucker.com slash talk. There's going to be a little button there where you can press America Out Loud and say, hey, I'm here. We're listening, and here's what here's some feedback. Here's what we want you to do. Or if you don't, don't want to give me feedback, just say hi. <laughs> That's it. As long as I get, you call it like a voting system. As long as I get what I anticipate to be a large number of people to go to jdrucker.com slash talk and, and alert me that they are listening to me right now at, at, uh, America Out Loud Talk Radio, 
then I will I will strongly take into consideration the possibility of doing essentially what a lot of hosts do. You know, a lot of hosts out there, they do a television show and a radio show. And I know I'm not on television, at least not yet. But, um, you know, should we, should I expand out? Should we do essentially a radio show where I don't have to get dressed up? I can can sit here and in the studio in front of the screen and go through the stories. Radios, well, keep in mind, radio in a lot of ways is easier, but it's also harder. I mean, you got to be more interesting sounding on radio than you do on television because in television, hey, at least you got vid- uh, visuals, you got videos that you can play, you got all the sorts of stuff that you can do and and uh, you got cheats, so to speak. Whereas radio, it's just the sound of my voice or the sound of voice, the voices of the people that I interview. Or if I do play some audio clips, you might get some of those, but I generally don't. I mean, let's face it. I can be very verbose. So, so me sitting in front of a microphone talking for two, three, four, eight hours a day, I got no problem with that. Okay. As long as I got my coffee and, and a catheter, I am in good shape. Yeah. Just, just set me up. I can, this is why, you know, if there's ever anything, any reason I'd ever want to go to Capitol Hill and, and be a congressman or a senator, it's not because of the perks, even though apparently they get uh, tremendous perks. I've seen people that go in there broke and they leave as, as multimillionaires. That's crazy. Uh, that's the way it's supposed to be, is it? You know, it's not just because of that. It's not because of, of serving the people, because I think there's better ways that I could serve this nation, serve the people than to, to go to Congress. But man, I always wanted to see, could I do those long filibusters, those really long ones where, you know, you, you wondering, are they wearing an adult diaper? How are they able to stay there for that long and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk? I know I could talk, but there's got to be a bathroom break. And at this point, I have probably offered way too much information. People are, are probably thinking there's no way I'm going to go to jdrucker.com slash talk and let him know that I'm listening it on America Out Loud Talk Radio, because if I do that, maybe he will do an additional show. And man, we don't need any more of Rucker. And if that's your message, tell me that too. <laughs> I take all all feedback. I don't don't always listen to it, but at least I'll I'll read through it. Those emails will come directly to me. There's no filter, no no screener. I don't have a a uh, administrative assistant that goes through and filters out any emails that might damage my my um, delicate ego. Okay, I I don't have a delicate ego, <laughs> so you can say whatever you want and and. Uh, I'm fine. I'll, I can take it. I can put on my big boy pants and, and take it like a man. So yeah, so we are considering that change. And I don't know. Look, you know, I've got a family. This is what I do for a living. I just want to figure out number one, is there, is there a market for it? Number two, is there a need? Uh, I know there's a need from a, uh, from an ideological perspective. I don't think that enough people in conservative or alternative media are saying the things that, they, that need to be said. I mean, just it was last night, Sean Hannity has on Lauren Boebert talking about how Kevin McCarthy is, you know, he's got 203 people. It's 201, but who's counting, right, Sean Hannity? He's got 203 people, and, and you've got 20. Why does he have to stand down? And as I explained, okay, I explained this on my Substack, which you can go to jdrucker.substack.com. I explained it on my Substack. I explained it other places that, look, folks, He's he's wrong about this. And I'm you know, it's no secret. I'm not a fan of Sean Hannity, but I you don't see him this wrong many times. This isn't a matter of Kevin McCarthy having 201 supporters. Okay. This was a matter, at least at the at the time when he's interviewing Lauren Boebert, 
This is a matter of there's 201 members of Congress, Republican members of Congress, who are willing to accept him. Okay, they're, they're willing to accept him. Why? In many cases, it's because he has established himself as the de facto Speaker of the House. Okay, and if he's the likely guy to win, you know, the, unfortunately, part of the weakness in our system is through, you know, giving giving individuals far too much power over the legislative bodies. Now, the Speaker of the House, I agree with that one, okay, to some extent, but I really wish, I can't wait for the first person to become Speaker of the House who's not a member of Congress, because I think that's what really needs to be done, but that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. Then you got Senate Majority Leader. That's a made-up concept, just to be clear, for those who don't know. That's not a constitutional position. But either way, with both of them, they're giving way too much power. Whoever that person is, they can pretty much guide the, the entire direction of the entire legislative body. And that's not how things were, were intended. Okay, That's not what the founders envisioned. And we've seen it essentially destroy us. I mean, you can, it doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat, whoever's controlling Congress, you're still going to get, I mean, you can go back decades before, and I don't even, even know who that person would be, but I don't, in my lifetime, I don't remember a Speaker of the House who wasn't uh, in some way a an establishment shill, a part of the uniparty swamp. And people say, well, what about Newt Gingrich? What about Newt Gingrich? And I get it. I like Newt to some extent, okay? But he also, Newt, Newt was and is still part of the uniparty swamp. Is he a full-blown rhino like a Paul Ryan or a John Boehner or a Kevin McCarthy? No, he's not that bad. But, you know, he did a, a handful of good things. He's got a handful of good ideas, and he's got a whole lot of bad ones, too. And those were, you know, he, I would say, he helped to usher in the the neocon revolution that we saw with George H.W. Bush, with George Bush, with, with, um, uh, with uh, well, I mean, pretty much at least two-thirds of the mem- members of Congress today on the Republican side. That, you can attribute that. To Newt Gingrich, he he laid down a a plan that favored the neocon wing of the Republican Party, and in many ways, despite all the good that he did, and he did do a lot of good, but despite all the good he did, I would say that that the negatives that he brought long term for the party were actually actually um, outweighed the positives. So again, I'm not trying to put. Newt Gingrich in the same category as a John Boehner or a a Paul Ryan or even a Kevin McCarthy, okay? But I think a lot of conservatives put Newt up on a pedestal that's just not deserved. I like Newt, but I would—he's not one of my top top picks for any. And as again, I would st- say that he still qualifies as uh, not a break in the long stream of of uniparty swamp uh, members, proxies, puppets who have held the gavel over the decades. That's one of the biggest reasons why we as a nation are facing so many problems. It's not because we haven't had good members of Congress or good senators. There, There haven't been many, but we have had some. But when the people who hold the gavel, when the people who hold control, whether it's the Senate Majority Leader or the Speaker of the House, when they're corrupted, the entire body is corrupted. This is why I am so adamantly opposed to Kevin McCarthy being Speaker of the House. 
I believe this is why Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and others are so adamantly opposed. And I believe this is why Sean Hannity is so in favor of McCarthy. I would, would argue that Sean Hannity is, at least now, and possibly has always been a shill, whether a paid shill or a bullied shill or a blackmailed shill, but whatever, he is a shill for the uniparty elite, the uniparty swamp, okay? He is part of the establishment. People say, but he's one of Trump's greatest confidants. And I would say, well, yeah. Why do you think that Trump backed Mehmet Oz? Why do you think that Trump backed Kevin McCarthy? I mean, look, I love Trump, but the dude's impressionable, and he listens to the wrong people probably over half the time, okay? Need I remind people, Omarosa, okay, (laughs) H.R. McMaster, yeah, Rex Tillerson, Reince Priebus, Jim Mattis, Anthony Scaramucci, Anthony Scaramucci, okay, Jeff Sessions. I could go up and down the list of just really bad choices. John Kelly, come on, give me a break. Mike Pence, Mike Pence, Trump picked Mike Pence. He surrounds himself with bad advisors. Those bad advisors help other bad people surround him. And that's that's his weakness. I mean, you could argue that if it wasn't for that, he could have had a spectacular, the, one of the greatest presidencies of all time, if not the greatest presidency of all time. He kept having to fight his own people for four years on top of fighting the Democrats, on top of fighting the fake news media, on top of fighting whoever. And I would say that Sean Hannity is one of the biggest examples of that but but back to the the point the reason i bring him up in the first place is because he claims that 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 mccarthy has all the support mccarthy has de facto support because he's the de facto speaker of the house at least that's what he was hoping he would be he was essentially trying to to cut off debate and then to be clear that's what they always do okay you know whoever's supposed to be the speaker of the house always ends up becoming the speaker of the house they cut deals with the with the uh rabble rousers in that particular party but then they make it happen okay I mean, that's that's just that's how how it works. Pelosi did it, Paul Ryan did it. Okay, um, I mean that's what that's what they do. Football playoffs are here. The stakes are higher than ever, and there's no better way to turn playoff football's big game energy into 100 times your money than Prize Picks. Here's how it works: just select two or more players, pick more or less on their stat projections, and place your entry. It's that easy. You can turn $10 into $1,000 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what makes PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Get in the lab and cook up your winning entry. PrizePix even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live, even if one of your players leaves mid-game. Join the PrizePix community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, PrizePix is matching your first deposit up to $100 when you download the PrizePix app and use code GET100. That's code GET100 on PrizePix for a first deposit match of up to $100. PrizePix. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. As a contractor, I choose Hardy Fiber Cement because I've seen it outperform wood-based siding and other hard siding materials. The high-quality craftsmanship translates into beautiful and durable results that leave our customers at GFidel extremely satisfied. Using Hardy Siding has significantly reduced my callbacks and warranty claims, too. 
At James Hardy, we're here to support you. From training materials to resources that can help you generate a greater profit. Learn more about growing your business with us at jameshardy.com slash build. So, Kevin McCarthy is having more trouble than his predecessors, obviously. And I would argue that the the uh, strategy being employed by Matt Gates, by Lauren Boebert, by Andy Biggs, and all of the people that are opposing opposing McCarthy, it's the right strategy. Is it going to work? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But it's the right one. They they throw out there. They they stay strong with their opposition. They negotiate. But in the meantime, the negotiation is about getting him out of there, not about figuring out how to how to uh, cut deals and get themselves committee committee chairs. That I hope. Gosh, I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not the case. I really do. But if if it is, I'll be very disappointed. But if it's not, and I don't think it is, then the strategy is like this. They'll. They'll do their thing. They'll continue to oppose, and then once a once a new speaker or a new um, uh, once they they have weakened the the will of the the milk toast lukewarm Kevin McCarthy supporters, then they'll say, "Hey, what about this guy? What about this person? What if we go with a consensus candidate?" Okay, and if you are listening, by the way, on America Out Loud Talk Radio, then then this may have already played out. Lord willing, it has. And if you are listening on America Out Loud Talk Radio, I will reiterate for me to strongly consider and to actually do a unique show, an exclusive show for America Out Loud Talk Radio, just a radio-only show, such as today's version, where there's really not much on the screen to look at. There will be a little bit, but not nothing there. You know, if for me to do that, I need to know that you guys are out there. So go to jdrucker.com slash talk. Say, yep, Rucker, we want an exclusive just for America Out Loud Talk Radio. And that's it. You know, just do, do a radio show, do do a video show or a television show, even though I'm not on real television. Do do two separate shows. That way, you know, you can, because I can cover, the, the, the beauty here is I can cover different topics. And in many cases, I can cover a lot more topics when I'm doing it on radio versus when I'm doing it on on a video because with video you know there's a lot more production value and i'm so glad to have a producer starting up next uh was it a week from monday we got our we'll have our first producer well not first but our first our best producer for the show we'll, we'll put it like that so it should be pretty awesome but there's a lot there, it's just different okay radio television they just are different so if you want me to start doing exclusive here then just say jdruck.com slash uh talk so I'll be right back. Folks, the majority of our pharmaceuticals, the ingredients in them come from China. They are controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. We're already seeing supply chain issues. Pharmacies are running low on a lot of things and if the crap hits the fan as a lot of us think it may in the very near future you will want antibiotics and the best way to get that is to go to jdrucker.com slash meds you'll be able to get a teleconference with an actual doctor and then they'll send you meds they'll send you like five different versions or types of antibiotics for the different ailments that could that could hit us these are great for long-term storage you will you will want them and the, it's one of those things where if you 
if you need them, then you'll want them. If you don't need them, then at least you'll have them. So, and here's the thing. If you don't have them, you're almost certainly going to need them at least sometime in the near future. So jdrucker.com slash meds. So this first story comes from Carrie Lake herself. I've got actually a few stories to discuss regarding Carrie Lake, but this first one regarding a tweet that she posted Wednesday. This is this is kind of a bombshell, and yet it's not getting very much attention, of course, because it refers to the potential for massive widespread voter fraud in the state of Arizona that would have stolen the election from from Carrie Lake, given it to the then Secretary of State. Katie Hobbs, the corrupt, uh, racist, and uh, just completely unlikable, uh, apparently, governor now of of Arizona. Of course, I am firmly of the opinion that that this that election was stolen, as so many words to prevent the red tsunami, but this one in particular was always important to me because I felt that you know, between this one and Pennsylvania with Doug Mastriano, that getting two America First patriotic governors in those two states in particular, would have been huge in exposing the massive widespread voter fraud that took place during the 2020 election. But, hey, maybe at this stage, we're never going to know. They, they were able to completely completely lock up the potential uh, to, to uncover the truth regarding 2020, at least in Pennsylvania and Arizona, by, by manufacturing victories for, for the Democrats. But again, I'm not trying to make accusations here. I'm just saying that's my personal opinion based on the data. So according to this this uh, tweet, she says, uh, Pinal County discovered a 600-vote discrepancy during Abe Hamaday's recount. Katie Hobbs intercepted this information and hid it from Abe and me uh, while we were filing our lawsuits. And now we find out their elections director was given a $25,000 bonus who in government gets a $25,000 bonus for essentially being wrong let's look at the article itself this is from from votebeat.org by Jen uh, Fifield says elections director in Pinal County got $25,000 bonus after reporting inaccurate results hey you 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 didn't do your job you screwed everything up so here's $25,000 that didn't happen. What actually ended up happening was, hey, good job on covering up the voter fraud. Here's your $25,000 payoff. Again, not making accusations. I'm just saying that's how this appears to me based upon based upon this information. According to the article, mistakes uncovered by recount indicate Virginia Ross either did not catch errors or failed to disclose them before results were certified. And of course, that's very important because once they're certified, it's like, oh my gosh, they're certified. What are we going to do now? Pinal County's outgoing elections director. It's good thing she's outgoing, but hey, here you go. $25,000 bonus. Uh, outgoing direct, uh, elections director collected a $25,000 bonus for running a smooth election despite reporting final results with significant inaccuracies, including around 500 uncounted votes in the neck and neck attorney general race. Virginia Ross, the count, former county recorder brought in to oversee the election on a short-term contract, either did not catch the mistakes or failed to disclose them before the results were certified in November, according to county officials. The inaccuracies were only revealed publicly last week as part of the results of the statewide recount and election or, and officials attributed the problems mostly to human error during ballot counting on election day. Go figure. 
This week, the new elections director indicated that Ross may not have taken steps after the election to ensure the results were, were accurate. Regardless, she collected the bonus and retired. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. Okay. Babylon B's got nothing on reality in our modern world. Back to the article. Ross was brought in specifically to fix the county's elections. That's, that's a very properly stated opening to that sentence. Ross was brought in specifically to fix the county's elections after a disastrous primary in which county officials made mistakes they later said were easily preventable, such as not ordering enough ballots for polling places. Ross was paid a towering $175,000 for four months of work with the $25,000 bonus contingent on certain conditions. County Supervisor Kevin Kavanaugh said at a supervisor meeting Wednesday that he would like to consider whether it's possible to rescind Ross's bonus. <laughs> really? That's it? How about let's investigate and potentially charge, arrest, convict, and jail this person? A few residents who spoke at the meeting demanded it. And there's a quote from, from Kavanaugh talking to Vote Beat prior to the meeting on a uh, referring to the supervisor's 20, November 21 vote to certify the election results, he said, if errors were known to the board, we would have not likely canvassed. If we had not canvassed, Virginia Ross would not have received her $25,000 bonus. Ooh, the plot, the plot thickens. Vote B was unable to seek comment from Ross, who has since moved out of state. <laughs> I'm laughing as if this is funny, but it's not. I mean, it's funny, but it's it's more sad than funny. She's since left the state. Wow. I mean, just just wow. And has no publicly listed contact information or identifiable social media accounts. A county spokesperson said he did not have a way to immediately reach her. County officials have assured voters that the recounted results are accurate, but county supervisors still have questions about how and why the results changed. So I'm not going to read the rest of the article. It's actually a pretty detailed article. Good job over there at Vote Beat, uh, Jen. Jen uh, Fifield, but uh, you know the, the bottom line here is this is just one minor piece, and I say minor. Six hundred votes is not minor, especially when you consider how close um, Abe Hamaday's election was. But you know this is just one minor when you when you look at the the scale of the massive widespread voter fraud that took place in Arizona for now two elections. When you consider everything that was that was going on, we we get to see a pattern here. We see that. These people, they don't put all their eggs in one basket. Their their preferred method to steal elections is to have multiple eggs in multiple baskets from multiple people. It's it's very compartmentalized. I would assume that any of the people that are involved, many of them don't even know they're involved. They're just instructed. They're just useful idiots. Okay, they're instructed to go here, go there, do this, do that, bring the ballots here. Don't do this, don't do that. I know the book says this, but do this instead. You know, And they might have a suspicion, perhaps, some of them, have a suspicion that what they're doing might be might be unethical, might be illegal, might be wrong, but hey, they're covered. They're being told by other people. And when you have enough people doing wrong things, you know, especially when they're doing it together, it's like, okay, well, you know, I mean, are they going to arrest us all? I think that was the mentality in a lot of ways for a lot of the people that entered the Capitol on January 6, 2021. It's like, wow, everybody else is doing it. I guess we're safe. I mean, it's not like they're going to go out and the FBI is not going to open up cases immediately and go out and hunt down 900 people to arrest them and throw them in gulags indefinitely. 
what are the chances of that? Except, of course, that's exactly what happened as planned by the deep state, by the FBI. But I digress. Point here is that when you've got, when you're looking at a situation like this, when you've got this, uh, these, these multiple, multiple pathways through which they can engage in massive widespread voter fraud. If you lose one, you're fine. If you lose two, you're fine. If one person gets busted, it's compartmentalized. So it's not like it's going to be easy to take down the entire cabal. Hopefully, Lord willing, that's exactly what will happen. And when I say Lord willing, as I was saying back in 2021, shortly after, you know, it became clear that there was not going to be this massive, massive uh, surge in evidence that was going to take take down the 2020 election, stolen election, and, and correct the results, you know, I was saying back then, and I'll say today, this is going to be based upon, and solely based upon whether or not God wants these elections corrected, whether he wants them to, whether he wants this, this uh, cabal, this corruption, this rash of stolen elections here in the United States, if he wants them corrected, then they will be corrected, and there's nothing the bad guys can do about it. If he does, not want them corrected if he wants this to be the state of the united states of america then there's nothing we can do that doesn't mean we stop fighting by the way i always want to be clear about that i always have to reiterate that our our path forward as america first patriots as conservatives if you are conservative as christians if you are a christian as whatever it is that you use to identify your own ideology our path forward is remains the same no matter what we still fight the good fight it's above our pay grade to try to determine if this is going to be the you know something that god is going to intervene with or if that's going to be something that god's going to intervene with whether you know we don't make that choice all we know to do is to continue to do what we do and fight the good fight. This is why I do these shows, is it's to spread the truth. On a similar note, there's a new story, a story over at thegatewaypundit.com. Uh, Arizona Supreme Court responds to Carrie Lake's petition for transfer in historic election challenge by Jordan Conradson. Apparently. Football playoffs are here. The stakes are higher than ever, and there's no better way to turn playoff football's big game energy into 100 times your money than prize picks. Here's how it works. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their stat projections, and place your entry. It's that easy. You can turn $10 into $1,000 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Get in the lab and cook up your winning entry. Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live, even if one of your players leaves mid-game. Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks is matching your first deposit up to $100 when you download the Prize Picks app and use code GET100. That's code GET100 on Prize Picks for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. As a contractor, I choose Hardy Fiber Cement because I've seen it outperform wood-based siding and other hard siding materials. The high-quality craftsmanship translates into beautiful and durable results that leave our customers at GFidel extremely satisfied. Using Hardy Siding has significantly reduced my callbacks and warranty claims, too. At James Hardy, we're here to support you. From training materials to resources that can help you generate a greater profit, learn more about growing your business with us at jameshardy.com build. Well, I'll just read from the article. The Arizona Supreme Court responded to Carrie Lake's petition to transfer her election lawsuit directly to the state Supreme Court, bypassing the state appeals court. 
As the Gateway Pundit reported, Carrie Lake filed a petition for transfer in the Arizona Supreme Court last week in her lawsuit to overturn the 2020 midterm elections. And there's the petition there. Lake argued that Katie Hobbs swearing in ceremony on January 3rd and the electoral chaos that targeted and disenfranchised Republican voters in Maricopa County on Election Day justify an immediate decision from the Arizona Supreme Court and a new election. Can we pun reported? Blah, 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 blah. Let me cut to the chase. However, the Supreme Court told Carrie Lake the court notes that the Court of Appeals has entered a scheduling order directing respondents in this special action proceeding. No good cause appears to transfer the matter to this court. In other words, she's going to have to go through at least one more step in the process. Is this a huge loss? No. I mean, it's it's unfortunate because it does slow down the process. More importantly, I think she has a less of a chance. Her case is not going to be overturned. Uh, the the uh, um, the results of her, her case, which was thrown out by, by the judge, it's not going to get overturned in the appeals court. They know that. And they expect that. So they want to take it straight to the Supreme Court to bypass another loss. Because once you have two losses on a single case, it's really hard to to get that that win. It's you know it's kind of like in sports. If you're if you're behind in a series, when you get far enough behind, it's hard to come back. And this will put Carrie Lake and her legal team behind the eight ball, so to speak. I mean, they've got to they got to pull out some essentially some miracles here, but. Like I said, it's not necessarily in their hands. They just keep fighting. They do what they're supposed to do, and God will take care of the rest. I always, it's funny because I get a tingle in the back of my mind every time I remind people of that, because I know what that means. I know what that means for us and what we're supposed to do. But but sometimes I, I think feel like I need to elaborate. You know, God's will is perfect. What God wants to happen will happen. And it will happen exactly as it's supposed to happen. With that said, we don't know what our role is in those plans. This is why I, you know, it's kind of like the easiest way, the easiest analogy to understand is it's kind of like knowing, hey, you know, you know, there's going to be be something cool uh, that may or may not happen at a certain place. Okay. Call it, I don't know, maybe you're a bird watcher and you, you hear that there's birds certain bird that comes to a certain area at a certain time, right? And so your job is to go to that area and look around and wait for the birds. And if the bird comes, great. If the bird doesn't come, then, you know, that sucks. Maybe you wasted your time, but you're, you're still a bird watcher. You, you still did what you were supposed to do to take the opportunity to potentially catch the image of the bird that you're trying to watch. And if anybody's not a bird watcher, and I'm not a bird watcher, but for those who aren't a bird watcher, I can tell you, knowing a couple of bird watchers, that they do treat this very seriously. And it is something, you know, it's almost maybe a better example that's more universal would be fishing. You know, you go to a fishing place, you think you're told, hey, this is there's good fishing here. You cast your line, you wait to see if you're going to get anything. If you do, great. If you don't, that sucks. But, you know, you're still fishing either way. These are very sloppy analogies, and I get that. So uh, I apologize, but I'm trying to make people aware that because I think a lot of times when we say, oh, it's God's will, God is in control, some people interpret that as, okay, well, I guess I'm not responsible for anything. I guess I don't have to do anything to to fight the good fight. It's, if God's in control, what am I going to do? I'm just a average Joe. I might as well go go uh, go play with my VR headset or watch Netflix or or whatever, you know, what's the point of fighting if if we don't make a difference? We do, and this this is the part people need to understand. 
we make the difference that God wants us to make. And so our job is to do what we are guided to do biblically, guided to do by our, our hearts and minds combination, trying to remain within the confines of a of a biblical world, worldview, or if you're not a Christian or, or Judeo-Christian believer, then within a conservative worldview or whatever you want to, however you classify yourself, you know, you you do your job. You do what you're supposed to do. And uh, whatever happens, for whatever reason it happens, let it happen. I hope that that's sufficient. It probably isn't. One more quick note. This is over uh, about, we'll stick with the Carrie Lake story. One more quick note from Natural News, Bell Carter. This is an article that was posted also this week. Carrie Lake says, Katie Hobbs stole elections to protect cartels, trafficking drugs, and humans across the border. I already explained one of the biggest reasons that I was in support of Carrie Lake. That's because I think she's going, or she she would have been, potentially she will be, and by golly, I wish she does become you know, a great governor of Arizona. I think that her her future in politics in Arizona and at beyond is is bright. Okay, but it, she understands the problems that the people of Arizona face. Kay, Katie Hobbs also understands those problems. The difference is that Katie Hobbs perpetuates them. According to the article, Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake blasted her Democrat rival and former Secretary of State Katie Hobbs for rigging the November 2022 election. She argued that Hobbs wanted to protect cartels smuggling drugs and humans across the border, and I would wholeheartedly agree. Lake, a former news anchor, revealed her rival's plans during her recent appearance at Steve Bannon's War Room podcast. She told the former White House chief strategist that Hobbs moved to ensure a Democratic win at the gubernatorial race. This, she said, enables the open border systems where cartels can continue to push drugs and traffic people into the United States. And this is according to Hobbs, she's, or according to Lake, she said, she said, it is absolutely appalling. And this state is going to go to hell in a handbasket if Katie Hobbs is allowed to take control. Maricopa County Super, uh, Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson rejected Lake's lawsuit on December 27th that sought to overturn the results of the county's elections for governor. The magistrate argued that the GOP candidate failed to prove that there was intentional misconduct that cost her the race. In other words, they knew there was misconduct. They just don't, they couldn't prove that it was intentional, or at least the, the judge claimed that. People might ask, why would Katie Hobbs intentionally participate in helping the cartels? What is that? How does that benefit her? And it benefits her because those are the orders from the globalist elite cabal, from the George Soros's and the Barack Obama's, the, the Bill Gates's and the, the Klaus Schwab's of the world. They want our borders open, and Arizona is key to that. Why they want them open? Because they want a, a multipolar world. They want their regional powers. They want to destroy the United States of America, or at least make us and bring us down into to such a level that everybody else is equal to us. That's why the Kerry Lake election was so important to them. After the break, I don't remember what next story we've got, but we've got some really good stories. So please stay tuned. There's a reason Klaus Schwab, Joe Biden, and the globalist elites want your life savings locked in IRAs and other portfolio management schemes that they control. They can keep your money tied up in woke ESG funds, even if doing so will lose you money. Patriots are quickly moving their investments to self-directed IRAs backed by physical precious metals. Unfortunately, most companies that work in this field are beholden to Democrats. 
the Chinese Communist Party, the WEF, and others who are pushing us toward a digital dollar. I have identified three precious metals companies that believe in America first. These companies make it easy for you to move your retirements and investment to a self-directed IRA backed by physical precious metals. Go to jdrucker.com slash gold. That's jdrucker.com slash gold. You know, one of the reasons that I am I am so, so hopeful that I get to hear from many of you by going to jdrucker.com slash talk uh, on behalf of listeners um, as well as readers, as well as you know, whether you're listening on Apple Podcast or directly over at America Out Loud Talk Radio, I want to hear from you because one of the things that's so appealing about the site and about what Malcolm has put together with just a tremendous lineup of people is the articles there are, I mean, among the best. My jobs, uh, as far as news aggregation, include the LibertyDaily.com, which is the conservative alternative to the Drudge Report. It's fantastic, and we post 100 to 150 stories a day there. Uh, I am I am the lone editor with I, actually I do people when people hear that I'm the lone editor, they don't realize that there is an owner, and that's Matthew Burke, and he's He's a stud, okay? He's a he's a true patriot, and he's he handles the site most of the time. People will send me emails saying, why did you publish this? Or here's a different, you know, whatever. It's like, hey, I'm off duty today. <laughs> okay, I work the weekends. I work some weekdays. You know, I fill in. It's a, This is a two-man show to try to, to manage a site that gets about 10 million visitors a month. So, so we're doing the best we can, and I think we do a fantastic job tooting my horn there. Uh, but we also have discernreport.com. This is a site that I own. Discernreport.com is, uh, I guess, kind of like a hybrid between, you know, it would be closer to, I would say, uh, revolver.news, which is Darren Beatty's fantastic site. It'd be more more akin to that one than to Drudge Report because you know, we, we publish um, quite uh, not nearly as many stories as we do over the Liberty Daily. I might post 20, 30, 40, depending on the news day. Um, the only difference is that I try to post only the crucial, the mission critical items over at discernreport.com. What I'm trying to get at is that I I have to read through a list of feeds. My feed reader has over 250 sources that are conservative and alternative media. And I read through every headline every day in order to to keep up. And I read a whole bunch of the stories that are in there, the ones that, that draw my attention, right? And so a lot of the stories I get over from AmericaOutloud.com. And it's that's again one one of the difference makers. This is why I'm very hopeful. You know, for those who missed the opening, like I said, I am we're running a test. Today's show is essentially a radio version of the JD Rucker show, the, the JD Rucker political report. And my question is, do we have enough, a strong enough re- a viewership, listenership, I should say? over at America Out Loud Talk Radio for me to start doing a two-hour radio show on top of the two-hour video show. Why do why just take the same show and play it play it everywhere if it behooves me and it behooves America for me to do two hours on radio, two hours on video? 
That is the goal. And if we can get enough of a response from the good folks listening over at America Out Loud Talk Radio, that's exactly what I'll do. I'll dedicate four hours of my day, Monday through Friday, to to bringing you more of this amazing stuff. Not that I'm amazing, but the, the amazing information that people need to hear. So go to jdrucker.com slash talk and let me know that you're listening. Uh, and let me know if you're listening on Brighteon or BitChute or, or Red State Talk Radio or wherever, Rumble. Okay, I want to know where people are hearing me. Um, but especially if you're listening in America at Loud Talk Radio, because again, we're going to treat this like a vote. If I get hundreds, thousands, millions of, of respondents, then hey, yeah, let's do this. Let's do it. You know, we're going to do it live. <laughs> All right. So there's an article over at AmericaOutloud.com by the fantastic George McClellan titled Two Craven Anti-American Presidents, Obama and Biden, Threaten the Republic. I've never actually met or spoken to George, but I read his stuff religiously. I don't agree 100% of the time, but I'd say I agree at least 85, 90% of the time. And the dude's definitely talented. So according to the article, our nation is adrift in the dangerous sea of confusion by the premeditated uh, actions of two craven anti-American presidents, Barack Obama and Joe Biden. They're supported by a phalanx of uh, Marxist-leaning and loyal leftist deep state <laughs> parachicks. I love that word. Okay. I absolutely love that word. And that, just, just as a side note, it's one of the reasons that I like George McClellan's writing so much because he has a command of the language that far exceeds most you know, corporate, when I say most, the vast majority of, of people who write for corporate media sites. He says what he says and he doesn't care. And that we need a lot more of. Yeah, we really do. Back to the article. In concert with the most powerful U.S. intelligence agencies formed since the end of World War II that make their own rules. The intelligence agencies are uh, a state within a state. They have proliferated to such a size with such a powerful effect that dealing with their schemes can become an exercise in frustration. Football playoffs are here. The stakes are higher than ever, and there's no better way to turn playoff football's big game energy into 100 times your money than prize picks. Here's how it works. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their stat projections, and place your entry. It's that easy. You can turn $10 into $1,000 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Get in the lab and cook up your winning entry. Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live, even if one of your players leaves mid-game. Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks is matching your first deposit up to $100 when you download the Prize Picks app and use code GET100. That's code GET100 on Prize Picks for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. They have the absolute ability to gather damaging information on every politician and use it for their own purposes. That's what makes politicians so vulnerable, especially rhinos. To deny leftist sanctions against what was once our greatest moral strength as a nation, God, and family, pressures have become too powerful for normal folks to resist without being cast out and declared racist homophobes. The woke mobs will terrorize you if you don't comply. But as they are still government organizations and are only as protected as their weakest link, they still risk exposure. For example, 
decades of concealing details about the assassination of JFK, long held in complete secrecy in the interest of, quote, national security, are leaking out, suggesting our CIA had some involvement in that tawdry business of regime change. Did they? I add the disclaimer here that 21 proud years of my federal law enforcement career all during the Cold War was spent with one DOD intelligence organization. Our aim then was totally focused on protecting U.S. military assets from penetration by the Soviets and their Eastern Bloc counterparts, and never did I ever detect a hint that an anti-American bias was present. But today, my faith both in the national uh, level intelligence agencies and the FBI has been shattered in equal measure. Are they to be trusted anymore? You're taking your chances if you do. I've never trusted the Democrats, and I'm now skeptical. Now, as skeptical of the Republicans, too. Now, let's stop right there, and, and let's break that down. So, you know, he's saying that during his time, during the Cold War, George's time with the, the uh, we'll call it the, the uh, intelligence industrial complex, which works in line with the military industrial complex. And of course, that's, that's not just within our government. That's not just within our military. That's not just within our intelligence agencies. It's also through corporations and individuals and uh, non-government organizations, as well as other governments themselves. They all participate in these various industrial complexes. So what he's saying is that he didn't even sense a hint of the anti-Americanism that we are seeing very clearly within the FBI, the CIA, the deep state in general. And that's important to understand because, you know, when I, it's funny, when I was young, when I was, was uh, in high school, one of the, one of the considerations as I was preparing for college, one of my considerations was to join the FBI. I wanted to go to college, get my degrees. I was, I actually inquired and started looking into which degrees would be best suited for me to graduate and then to to go to Quantico. I that was one of the things that I strongly considered. I ended up, you know, praise the Lord for this. I ended up going in a very different direction, obviously, as you're listening to me as a journalist. But but uh at least at the time there was a very serious degree of honor associated with participating in the FBI and to some extent the CIA as well. The CIA has always had a certain level of corruption. That's just part of the game. Okay. That's part of you. You can't, and I'm not defending them when I say this, I'm just saying that, that it's very hard to do what the CIA does without uh, corruption creeping in. And when I say very hard, I would say it's, it's almost impossible. Okay. Because they have to dive into the, the bowels of the, the worst aspects of humanity in order to accomplish their goals, their, their their missions oftentimes those missions force them to do things that that are morally questionable when you dance with the devil enough eventually you're going to like it and i think that's what's happened with our cia and anybody who's in the cia for long enough i believe will be 100 percent corrupted now we're seeing that the fbi is is in a similar boat that fbi agents are you know, are they just doing their job? You hear that a lot, especially from people like Sean Hannity, who have already ripped on, what, twice now during the show? Gosh, it's an anti-Sean Hannity day, right? Which every day for me is an anti-Sean Hannity day. But anyway, you get the idea. So, you know, is it just a few bad apples? Is it just, oh, you know, they're just doing their job. They're following orders. They're really great people. I don't think so. Okay. Maybe they, they started off that way. But I think that 
in many ways, men and not all of them, not 100 percent. We've seen enough whistleblowers to know for sure that there are plenty of good people still in the FBI. There are plenty of people who are who are either um, conscientious objectors or silent, silent opposition, or maybe they just don't like it, but they do it anyway. OK, they don't like what they're doing. They don't like the direction the FBI is taking. They don't like the anti-American tilt, the pro-Democrat, pro-leftist, pro-wokeness that's taking over the Federal Bureau of Investigation. They don't like it, but they're participating anyway, for whatever reason, to support their family, to, to advance their career, to hopefully they, they can do this for a little for however long and then get out and, and go go do some real good work instead of the the crap work that they're doing right now. There was a story they just raised the uh, the bounty on information you know, regarding the the bombs that were left at the uh, DNC and RNC on January 6th. And, oh, now they're, they're going to pay you half a million dollars if you can get information. And, I mean, they might as well make it $500 million that they'll offer for information because, let's face it, they probably participated in it, all right? This is probably all, you know, false flag stuff, or at least they, they probably know who did. I, I shouldn't say they probably participated. That's not, that's not true um because it's too sloppy for them to have participated what's more likely is they do already they, they've known for probably from day one who it was that was dropping the bombs they probably written the bombs were going off but they just because they needed the narrative to be focused on the quote-unquote insurrection the incursion into the capitol building on january 1st or january 6 2021 because that was their focus that's what it's like okay well you know uh Let's just bury this story for a while, and people enough people will will ask what's going on there. So, oh, you know, hey, it's a good time. Let's go to raise our raise our reward to five hundred thousand. Like I said, it might as well be five hundred million because I can say with a ninety eight percent certainty that there's not going to be anything that comes from this. And if there is, by the way, you know, the reason I put it ninety eight and not higher is because because I really do think it's higher. But unless their plan is to throw out a scapegoat. Okay, have a sacrificial lamb. Throw somebody out there to to uh, say, "Hey, look, we caught him! You know, victory! We we got it! We did it!" And that might be their their plan. That might be why they're raising it to five hundred thousand to maybe say, "Hey, look, see, it worked. We 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 put our focus on this. We we doubled down our efforts. Maybe we we pulled one of the thousands of agents we have working on the January sixth, you know, insurrectionists trying to arrest grandmothers and put them in jail indefinitely." into political as political prisoners in the gulag we pulled one of our agents off and he was able to follow a lead and he was able to find the the pipe bombers or the potential pipe bombers the alleged pipe bombers whatever and uh thankfully it was a tip so so here's sally sue cousin of, of uh agent bob who got gets five hundred thousand dollars yeah whatever well I, again i don't want to throw too many conspiracies the point being is that george mcclellan says that it wasn't always like like this and even though i was not in the the intelligence community at the time, I would, I don't doubt his assessment. So let's get back to the article. So today, events both natural and manufactured have already in, uh, indelibly altered America, dragging us away from constitutional representative uh, republicanism to some sick form of Marxist socialism by attacking America's inner strengths under the cover of diversity, inclusion, and equity. And I add sicko perversion. Their efforts have sapped our resolve and our moral strengths to the point of weakness. Only demanding socialists can, th- uh, only demented socialists can think up. It is reversible, however, believe it. Consequently, with some exceptions, I've become a serious skeptic of the political word from government, its media propagandists, and the GOP. 
and here's a quote um promises mean nothing punishment for exposed criminality are not investigated but ignored if the criminal is a democrat uh, my quote be especially alert quote end quote antenna always comes up whenever i hear that a spending bill passed congress on a bipartisan vote nothing can be bipartisan anymore because the democrats have gone to the dark side and they won't be coming back anytime soon power and control is their game and cheating lying and scheming is their path to getting there and keeping it we can smell a rat when taxpayer fund uh, provided funds are dispensed to benefit the supposed needs of a corrupt politician especially when the funds go to unions that return most of it back to democrats as donations we are drowning in corruption and the state within the state supports it the uh, 06 January Capitol insurrection is also turning into a Democrats conducted fiasco, a waste of time, money, and energy to try to stop the Trump juggernaut they fear is coming. Leaked data informs us of the behind the scenes machinations Pelosi constructed to drop protections for the Capitol building and manufacture reasons why Trump did it. The whole business lacks the controls of authority except for one person, the Speaker of the House. Where did Pelosi claim that power? Who gave it to her? Why didn't Republicans stand up and challenge her in her creepy in her on her crappy leadership? Speaking of crappy leadership, how about Kevin McCarthy's fading dream of becoming speaker? How, how, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? It's the seniority business again. McCarthy is the last remnant of remnant of the old Rhino neoconservative that Boehner and Ryan led to Republican losses. He's not to be trusted any more than Nancy Pelosi. So why give him the gavel? But why not? The sole job of the Speaker is to stop Biden's spending. That's all that remains till 2024. Nothing else matters. And I'm going to slightly disagree. You know, it is there is more to the Speaker position than just trying to to stop the bleeding. I've said that's the main role, and I agree that's the main role. Okay, but the real, you know, one of the things that they can do is they can help to expose through committee hearings, they can help to expose some of the wrongdoing that's been taking place in the FBI, in the CIA, in, you know, at Facebook and Twitter, within, you know, um, uh, Pfizer and and Moderna and whoever else. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying they can, and we can know with 100% certainty that as long as Democrats are in control, they won't. And if rhinos are in control, they probably won't. This is why I am so adamantly opposed well, reason number 483, that I am so adamantly opposed to Kevin McCarthy getting the gavel. The man might think that he deserves it, he might think that he's earned it, but he doesn't have anything, any of the qualities that we need in a Speaker of the House. So after the break, we'll, we'll keep going. That's what we're doing. Stay tuned. Folks, if you were listening to this show, watching this show, chances are you have MyPillow products. I'm here to tell you that you need more. And the reason being is, well, twofold. Number one, because there's some amazing sales going on at MyPillow.com right now. But number two, because, frankly, they're hurting. I don't want to, you know, I'm not saying this, I'll probably get in trouble for even saying it, but I can tell you based upon sales, I can tell you based upon reactions that I've been receiving from other other show hosts, other, other uh, conservative news outlets that my pillow sales have gone down dramatically. They are hurting just like the rest of us. I mean, many of us are hurting. The vast majority of us are hurting. 
But if you can, whether you've got a MyPillow or not, take a moment, support this America First company, support Mike Lindell, support the show by going to MyPillow.com and using promo code JDR. That's MyPillow.com promo code JDR or call 1-800-862-0382. That's 1-800-862-0382. Promo code JDR, help out two America First companies. Anyone who's familiar with my show or listened to my show before knows that I am a, a very huge proponent of preparedness. Uh, I haven't always been. I didn't become a prepper until really 2021. But since then, I've been working diligently to find companies that offer the things that we need. And if the crap hits the fan, I want to be ready for it. And I want you to be ready for it, too. I picked up some sponsors for long-term storage food, for precious metals, for for solar power. I've got a candle sponsor. We've got, you know, uh, antibiotics for for storage, just in case the, the pharmaceutical supply chain goes down. We got med kits, nutraceuticals, uh, natural survival. We got guns and ammo. You can buy them, buy them by going to jdrucker.com slash prepare, jdrucker.com slash prepare. Bug out bags, the works. So, so stock up now while you still can. Football playoffs are here. The stakes are higher than ever, and there's no better way to turn playoff football's big game energy into 100 times your money than prize picks. Here's how it works. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their stat projections, and place your entry. It's that easy. You can turn $10 into $1,000 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Get in the lab and cook up your winning entry. Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live, even if one of your players leaves mid-game. Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks is matching your first deposit up to $100 when you download the Prize Picks app and use code GET100. That's code GET100 on Prize Picks for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. As a contractor, I choose Hardy Fiber Cement because I've seen it outperform wood-based siding and other hard siding materials. The high-quality craftsmanship translates into beautiful and durable results that leave our customers at GFidel extremely satisfied. Using Hardy Siding has significantly reduced my callbacks and warranty claims, too. At James Hardy, we're here to support you. From training materials to resources that can help you generate a greater profit, learn more about growing your business with us at jameshardy.com build. So for those who joined late, the, the, the question of the day, the, the question that I need to answer is whether or not we should do an exclusive radio show for America at Loud Talk Radio. The reason that I'm asking this is, is currently, so I do a show, a two-hour show a day, Monday through Friday, and that show gets broadcast over a lot of different areas. Now, Malcolm over at America Out Loud has said, hey, you know, brother, uh, everybody else does an exclusive. Why don't you do an exclusive? And I mean... The reason being is that two hours a day is already, uh, that's, that's two hours a day. You have to throw in hours of show prep because show prep is, is, believe it or not, show prep is everything, okay? Show prep takes more time than the show itself because I want to know the stories inside and out. And searching for the stories, reading them, you know, watching the videos, getting the information, getting my my knowledge base set so that I can do a two-hour show because we, we don't do a whole lot of interviews. 
you know um someday i think we will especially considering that on january 16th tentatively lord willing we will have finally a a full-blown producer for the show that will make it easier for me to not only just do the uh not only just do um interviews but also to to take live calls to do chats you know to to do a lot of the things that that other shows do that I just haven't been able to do ever since I went solo without a producer. So now that we got a producer coming back on, it's going to be hopefully absolutely fantastic. And as a result, it has opened up the possibility that maybe I could do a radio show. In many ways, radio is very much harder than uh, just doing, just doing a video because, you know, people say, Oh, you know, but you've got to, uh, the only the only easier part about radio is that I don't have to put on my my sh- suit and tie. That's the that's it. Everything else is pretty much harder because because you have to you have to be really on your game. Radio is designed to be heard and not seen, and so you don't have a lot of the the same benefits that you have with video. You know, when I do a video show, I can just throw stuff up on the screen, and and there's a lot more. Obviously, a lot more is is in completely more uh, visual aspects to it. I can play other people's videos. There's there's a lot more. There's a lot of easy buttons, I guess you could say, associated with video that with audio. You just got to be smart and interesting um, all the time. You can lose people the moment you start sucking on radio. Uh, people can always turn the channel. So, you know the the prerequisite that I have if I'm going to do a unique exclusive show two hours a day Monday through Friday radio only for America Out Loud Talk Radio then by golly I gotta know I gotta know that the the people are listening so that means that if you are listening right now whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Red State Talk Radio or of course most importantly directly from AmericaOutloud.com itself please go to JD Rucker dot com slash talk jdrucker.com slash talk and to give me some feedback tell me hey i'm listening to hey you should do a show hey one show a day is plenty we're we're getting sick and tired of hearing you so much (laughs) whatever feedback i can take it big boy pants are on okay big boy pants are on so this next story, this is one that this might actually end up taking um, a couple of segments because this is an important story. Came out this week from uh, my good friends over at the Epoch Times. Michael Wilkerson is the the author and is titled 12 Events to Watch for in 2023. And I have a feeling, I mean, I say I could do two segments. I could probably do two whole shows based upon the information that, that he reveals in here and the, the questions that he asks and most importantly the the focal points that we need look we're at a point in american history unlike any other time and when i say american history we're at a point in world history i would say that this is the closest and and i people are going to jump on me especially if you are a believer in the judeo-christian phase you're going to jump on me and and maybe even say this is somehow blasphemous for saying but i would say that the united states of America and the world in general, but at least the U.S. for sure, is as close to experiencing the biblical plagues that Egypt was put through during the days of Moses. And when I say the reason I can draw that parallel is because as Egypt, as Pharaoh, had to deal with multiple events that were God's punishments, you know, as he was dealing with with those punishments, he had to. He had to deal with with a multiple 
multiple existential threats. You know, some of them were signs, some of them were minor, some of them were major, but all of them were crazy. And when we look at what's happening in the United States today, I don't think it's a stretch to say that we are experiencing, you know, obviously not the same types, but I would say arguably even more severe levels or potentially severe, not severe today, but, but growing more severe every day, different types of existential threats. We've never faced this as a nation, Okay. We're very good. You give us one threat at a time, two threats at a time, we can handle it, okay? We can handle it. We are as a nation. We're very resilient, very resourceful, okay? American exceptionalism is, or at least it was, real. It was real just a couple of years ago. I don't know what's changed. Maybe it's the younger generation. Of course, that means that I'm part of the older generation because I don't want to blame myself, but maybe it was our generation. You know, I have done some soul searching and wondered, did we screw this up? Okay, we like to to point at Gen Z and and millennials and whatever the newest, latest generation is. We like to say, oh, those guys are those twerps are ruining everything. But maybe it was Gen X. Maybe it was boomers. Maybe maybe it was before them. Maybe the downfall of the United States of America started long ago. And we were just too blinded by our own awesomeness to notice. But we are facing existential threats across the board. So that's why. This particular article, I think, is going to be, it might take the rest of the show, who knows. Again, by Michael Wilkerson over at the Epoch Times, titled 12 Events to Watch For in 2023. According to the article, the year 2022 was one of surprises. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, persistent inflation fueled by energy costs, the collapse of FTX and crypto markets, the revelations of these so-called Twitter files, and one of the worst equity markets in recent history, to name but a few. The year 2023 is poised to present some equally challenging circumstances. Here are 12 trends, events, or surprises that may come to shape and define the year ahead. Number one, inflation returns. I may be in the minority report here, but I do not believe we've seen the end of or the worst of inflation in the United States. I argue that following a lag in which price growth appears to, to moderate, Consumer price index inflation returns to the 8 to 12% range, where it persists for the rest of the year. This will be cost push inflation, not demand pull. See the, the second point below, and we'll, we'll get into that. And a lagging result of troubling the money supply in the United States since 2009. Stagflation returns with the misery index, that's inflation plus unemployment, hitting new highs. Now, I am a firm believer, a very firm believer, that all of the economic problems that we're facing today, all of them, every single one of them, is manufactured. And people will, a lot, and it's very popular for conservatives, Republicans, for, 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 uh, you know, America first populists or whatever. For those on the right, it's very, very easy for us, especially those of us in media. To say, oh, you know, this is Biden, Biden Harris regime, Biden's doing this. This is all Biden. This is all Democrats. It's Democrats doing this. And that's, that's partially true. Okay. They are definitely involved. But I would say that you have to look at, you have, you definitely have to include the Fed in this. Okay. Their, their role in all of this is very clear. You definitely have to include the Chinese Communist Party in this. They're, 
they're direct. I'm not just talking about it from a trade perspective. I'm not just talking about, you know, from a, from a monetary manipulation perspective. I'm talking about direct involvement in what could be called corporate sabotage, economic sabotage. They have people here that are trying to destroy the economy, destroy our finances, destroy our fiscal future, and even destroy our fiscal today. Okay. Um, then you can always look at the World Economic Forum and their, their, the tip of their particular globalist spear, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, as well as Open Societies with George Soros. You look at the various globalist entities out there, and they all have this universal goal of taking down the United States of America, at least from an economic and a military perspective. They don't want us to be as dominant as we have been for the last, what, uh, eight decades. They want us to to be diminished. They want a role to be diminished. Klaus Schwab and Henry Kissinger back in the seventies envisioned a 10, you know, 10 regional powers controlled by one centralized power. Of course, those of us who read our Bible uh, have to draw very clear parallels to the, the 10 kingdoms, the, the 10, the 10 um, uh, beasts, the 10 monsters, whatever that in book of revelation, as well as uh, partially in, in other books in the Bible that refer to this multipolar world. They don't want one superpower. They don't want any superpowers other than the the world, the globalist superpower, the the overarching superpower that's that's over the 10 regional powers. That's what they want. And this isn't anything new. I would say that it wasn't new, obviously. If I'm tying it back to the Bible, I would say that it wasn't new when Henry Kissinger and Klaus Schwab and the Club of Rome were talking about it in the 1970s. Okay, that's they didn't come up with some novel idea. They were just just uh, putting words and, and actions towards a plan that I believe goes all the way back. I mean, you can go all the way back to the Garden of Eden when the machinations of the adversary were initially rolled out, at least against humanity itself. I would say this is a continuation of that. And many of the evils that we've seen in this world, that we're seeing today, are just continuations of that initial evil that was planted in the hearts of men, that initial evil that that broke us from paradise. Based upon our own free will, we left paradise because we screwed up. Thanks, Eve. Thanks, Adam. But whatever. You can go all the way back there and say that what we're seeing today is a culmination of a series of events that have taken place over the last five or six millennia. This culmination, to me, could be the the start of the end times, which could mean the start of, of something wonderful for many of us, and obviously something very, 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 very horrible for other people. But again, that all depends upon whether or not you're a Bible-believing Christian. So that's a long intro to my commentary of saying, yes, I agree. I think inflation is going to return, but I will. The reason that I do isn't because of necessarily consumer price uh, indexes or, or the misery index or anything like that. It's because between the Biden Harris regime, the Fed and the globalists, as well as the, the Chinese Chinese Communist Party, who may or may not be in bed with the globalists, who all may or may not be in bed with the U.S. government. Uh, who may or may not be in bed or controlled by or controlling one or the other, I don't know which one, uh, these central banks of the world, all of this, all of them are pushing us towards an economic collapse. This is one of the reasons, by the way, just to be clear, you know, I am a humongous fan, obviously, 
of of precious metals. I wasn't always, okay? I'm new to precious metals. I've only been doing this for, what, since a year and a half now? Before now, before today, before before this current situation, I was against precious metals. I used to get hit up. Since 2017, I was hit up probably at least every single week by one gold company or another or whoever saying, hey, you know, we should sponsor your show. You're a conservative. We should sponsor your show. We can we sponsor conservatives. And I always said no. From 2017 until 2021, I said, no, not interested. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. Okay. To me at the time, gold and silver, that was something that you get, you know, if, if you've already got your, your wealth, your retirement, you got plenty. Now you just want to protect it in case something crazy happens like 2008, 2009, you know, something like that. So yeah. Okay. So you might want to get gold if you're, if you're, uh, you know, if you're, you're ready to, get into a safety net rather than trying to, to to build your wealth. To me, the best way to build wealth, at least at the time during the Trump era, was going to be through through uh stocks, right? Through through uh, not just stocks, but various investments that had a higher potential of gains as well as losses. But I just didn't see the losses coming. Then 2021 hits, Joe Biden is installed into the White House, and we start seeing all these crazy things happening with the economy from day one. That's when I'm like, oh crap. I need to, to go call. I need to go find me a good gold sponsor. Now, uh, those of you who have listened to my show before, you know that my criteria for working with sponsors, at the very least, they have to be apolitical. But my preference is they have to be America First Patriots. What I found during my vetting process of these various precious metals companies is that the vast majority of them are doing one or two or three of three things. Number one, they're donating to Democrats. The executives, the owners, they're donating to Democrats. They love Democrats. Democrats are great for gold and silver prices, okay? Number two, they're working with proxies who are directly involved with the Chinese Communist Party. That sounds crazy to us, but once I started digging into into um, you know depositories and starting digging into how you know, the various mints and how a lot of this stuff is done. That's when I realized, oh, crap, there's a lot of influence from the Chinese Communist Party here in the United States as it pertains to gold and silver. And then number three, of course, is the increasing influence of the World Economic Forum, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, the globalists in general. You know, they're pushing this ESG concept through BlackRock and others, State Street, Vanguard. They want ESG to be the way that all businesses, all corporations are judged and run. They want everybody to be woke. They want everybody to be to be participating in environments, social and uh, governance. Right? The Biden Harris regime even incentivized back in I believe it was November of last year, so just a couple of months ago, they actually incentivized financial advisors to promote woke ESG companies, even if they do not make money for their clients. Financial advisors. I'm not ripping on the profession. Because not everybody is going to abide by this, but there is an incentive coming from the Biden-Harris regime for financial advisors who are pushing these woke companies. Long story short, this is why I am very bullish on precious metals. Um, and one of the, the areas that I do promote is the self-directed IRA. I, I want your money out of anybody else's hands. I want it to be safe in a depository where you have access to it, physical precious metals. Okay, where you have access to it, you can go 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 collect it. It's yours. It's there. You can touch it. I'm not talking about paper gold here. So this is why I created a page, jdrucker.com slash IRA, jdrucker.com slash IRA. I found of those 
of all the companies that I vetted out, I found three that are not donating to Democrats, working with the Chinese Communist Party or working on behalf of the World Economic Forum. Just three. And you'll be able to find those three companies there at jdrucker.com slash IRA. Like I said, this story, I said it was probably going to take at least two segments. Well, we were able to make it to the first of 12 in the this fourth segment of today's show. So I'm going to have to speed through if I'm going to even get it down to, to just two segments. But we can do it. I read fast. I talk fast. You guys listen fast, so so we're we're ready for this. So so stay tuned. My good friend, Doctor Vladimir Zelenko, he left us way too early. I'm so sad that he is gone. Uh, but his legacy does continue. We do still support his foundation. We still support his company that is still benefiting the, the masses across the world. Those who have either been jabbed or maybe you've been, been um, exposed to those who may be shedding on you. That's uh, becoming more and more likely as being the case. The more times you're jabbed, the worse off you are and the more you're likely to shed on others. Now, even if you've never been jabbed, you're not around other people very often. You should still consider getting Z Detox or Z Stack Life Protocol, either one. Both of them will help your immune system. It's been demonstrated by scientists, demonstrated by doctors, including Dr. Zeb Zelenko. So go to ZStackLife.com slash freedom. That's ZStackLife.com slash freedom and get Z Detox or Z Stack Life Protocol today. So for those who join late, just a quick reiteration, go to if wherever you're listening, especially if you're listening at America Out Loud Talk Radio, go to jdrucker.com slash talk and let me know that you're listening there because we are strongly considering doing an exclusive radio-only show for America Out Loud Talk Radio. So go to jdrucker.com slash talk. Let me know where you're hearing me and what, what you think. Should we do, on top of the two-hour show that we do Monday through Friday every day, should we do a two-hour radio version one where I just don't get on video? Huh. Crazy stuff, right? But that seems to be the trend, so I'm I'm interested. I want to know. If the audience is big enough over at America Out Loud, let's do this. Let's do it in a heartbeat. So continuing with the story, we were able to, in the last segment, make it through through one. <laughs> one of the 12 events to watch for in 2023. Number two, the U.S. economy enters recession. Dum, dum, dum. I thought we were already in recession. Didn't they say we were already in recession? Didn't we have to try to figure out the definition of recession? Democrats tried to change it already last year, but whatever. According to the article, this is a less controversial proposition at this stage, as most economists and analysts agree that recession looks highly probable for 2023. First half of 2023 is likely to be characterized by negative GDP, rising unemployment, and an insecure consumer. The wave of layoffs which began in the tech sector in 2022, spreads to other industries and sectors and migrates down from large-cap corporations like Meta and Amazon to small and medium-sized enterprises, which are disproportionately affected by the slowdown. And yes, Amazon, I think they I saw a headline. <laughs> I read, for those who, who missed that part, my duties over at thelibertydaily.com and discernreport.com mean that I have to read through uh, literally, I would I need to count them one day uh, somehow. I'll figure out how to count them without actually physically counting them. But I would say it's probably somewhere around 1,500, maybe more. Maybe it's 2,500 headlines every single day 
Okay. I read through the headlines. I get to, this is how I'm able to stay on top of the news, perhaps more than, than most in this industry. I'm able to stay on top of it because I am forced into this regimen of read, 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 read. I got to do it. That's, that's my job. So um, one headline that I saw that I'm actually going to be reading the story a little bit later is about how Amazon is, they're dumping 17,000 more employees. They already have one major layoff. I think one, maybe two, actually, now that I think about it, um, they got 17,000 more employees. And I do have a, a sort of family member, um, a, a future family member, we'll say, who works for Amazon. And it's been, it's been very, very uh, concerning there. You know, Amazon, I remember when Amazon launched a distribution center, I think it was in Oklahoma City or somewhere around Oklahoma City. And this is a big, huge deal. Okay, we're talking like the 90s or maybe, maybe it was 2000s. It was, it was a while ago, but that was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be like the greatest employer. And people were were lining up thousands Thousands of people were lining up to get this job, and and it has been, it, you know, I mean, let's face it, you, you can have all your qualms you want about Amazon, but, but as far as from from an employer perspective, they've always been a relatively good company. Okay, they've been a sought after job. They've never had a challenge filling positions, but now they're having a challenge keeping people, and that's part of this this uh, recession that is either brewing or already here or whatever. Now, you know, as as the author stated here, this isn't exactly a controversial prospect. I'll say it. There's a 99% chance that we are either in recession or on the verge of recession. Recession is here. It's coming in 2023. It's going to get worse. It's going to be really, 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 really bad. So be prepared for that. Be prepared. Learn learn what recession even is. If you listen to I forgot which, which rep it was, or maybe it was a media personality. I think it was. It was some MSNBC host who was like, oh, you know, people didn't even know what recession was until now. It's the Republicans' fault for even making people aware. Of, you know, they, they think we're stupid. They really do think we're stupid. Number three, European energy crisis worsens. This is a bad one. It's already been bad enough. Let's if it does worsen, we're they're in bad shape, and that means we're in bad shape. We just had a, the hugest shipment of of history of liquid natural gas sent to Germany. Keep that in mind when you look at your heating bills in February. That we just shipped off a whole bunch of liquid natural gas to Germany. According to the article, while in the near term, Western Europe may be spared the worst possible outcomes due to a mild winter, the underlying factors which led to the energy crisis haven't been resolved. Germany, the European Union's largest economy, made a Faustian bargain, believing that it could abandon its coal industry and any nuclear aspirations and instead place their trust in the Russians against all historical experience and a green utopia. France similarly backed away from its path to energy independence, nuclear power, and are paying the price. While both have recently re uh, repented these misjudgments, the path to recovery will take years, not months. In the meantime, supply shortages will continue to plague these countries and it will continue, or these economies, and it will continue to hurt us in the United States as well. Because like I said, you know, one of the things that we, we have to understand, there's a reason why Henry Kissinger said, said uh, who controls energy controls entire continents. That is, and he said that a long time ago, and it's it's bearing out finally today. I don't think people really understood what that meant and what what that what that entailed until we see what has been happening across Europe for the last nearly a year now, 
And what we're seeing here in the United States, even, okay, we have our own energy crises. I would argue that all these sudden strange events that don't get nearly enough coverage, okay, energy substations getting attacked. They just made a couple of arrests in Washington State, I believe. Um, of course, we had the big attack in North Carolina. We had, we've had attacks across the country. You're also seeing odd explosions that, again, don't get covered very often of, you know, natural gas pipelines or entire, um, energy, I'm uh, uh, sorry, um, uh, fossil fuel, fossil fuel, um, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, refineries. Okay. We're seeing these things happen. We're not seeing much news about them. And I would say, you know, it's easy to say, oh, it must be the eco-terrorists. But here's the thing with eco-terrorists. Eco-terrorists like to announce when they do something wrong. Actual domestic terrorists working on behalf of the global elite cabal, they don't even want you to know that it's happening at all. They don't want you to know if if a uh, electric substation is sabotaged or three of them or five of them or 15 of them or 200 of them. They want you to just think, huh. Yeah, crazy things happening. I'm looking at my electric bill, looking at my my gas bill, looking at my water bill, looking at my whatever bill, and thinking, wow, this must be that inflation they were talking about. It's not. I mean, it is, but it's not. It is, because but but it's being manufactured. These shortages are being pushed, and it's just going to get worse. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, Debbie Downer, Eeyore here. I'm just telling you the blatant truth. If you think that all of a sudden the energy crises that are affecting the world are just going to get better. You know, oh, well, if Russia just just uh, leaves Ukraine, everything's going to go back to normal. No. Well, and if you think that it was just Russia invading Ukraine that caused all this, then you're also wrong. One can very, one does not have to be a Putin apologist to say that, look, our economic sanctions that we place on Russia are at least partially to blame because they, let's face it, the whole reason that we're putting all these sanctions on it was supposedly to end the war. It hasn't worked. Russia's still in Ukraine, and yet we still have these sanctions, and we're still being harmed by them. They're not. The people that are putting these sanctions in place, I guarantee you, Joe Biden does not have to worry about whether or not he's going to be able to turn on the power or pay his electric bill on any, at any of his homes. Football playoffs are here. The stakes are higher than ever, and there's no better way to turn playoff football's big game energy into 100 times your money than prize picks. Here's how it works. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their stat projections, and place your entry. It's that easy. You can turn $10 into $1,000 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Get in the lab and cook up your winning entry. PrizePix even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live, even if one of your players leaves mid-game. Join the PrizePix community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, PrizePix is matching your first deposit up to $100 when you download the PrizePix app and use code GET100. That's code GET100 on PrizePix for a first deposit match of up to $100. PrizePix. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. As a contractor, I choose Hardy Fiber Cement because I've seen it outperform wood-based siding and other hard siding materials. The high-quality craftsmanship translates into beautiful and durable results that leave our customers at GFidel extremely satisfied. Using Hardy Siding has significantly reduced my callbacks and warranty claims, too. At James Hardy, we're here to support you. From training materials to resources that can help you generate a greater profit, learn more about growing your business with us at jameshardy.com build. 
Okay, they they can make these choices against us on behalf of their own agenda. Number four, oil, crypto, and gold perform. Hmm. Energy markets will continue their bull run for the foreseeable future as a result of continued supply disruptions and refinery constraints. Bitcoin and Ethereum emerge from a long, dark crypto winter, but altcoins remain frozen out. The dollar begins a long, if slow, and turbulent slide from 2022 highs as peak demand from rapidly rising interest rates eases. Okay. They didn't mention gold pricing there, and but I've heard reports. And again, obviously, just considering that <laughs> that I have my own um, you know sponsors for gold, which if you missed the last last segment, I said you know, the reason I picked up gold sponsors it's not because yeah you know, they've always been lucrative, they've always been been great. This is why most conservative hosts have had them. I didn't pick them up till I thought gold was crucial, and I do think gold and silver, precious metals, physical, physical precious metals are crucial today for sure. The reason I think that is because, yeah, all the things that we're hearing here. Now, oil, people say, oh, you know, there's one, I guess you could say, side sort of benefit, benefit if you're an investor, no benefit for the rest of us, but benefit for you, for the investors that, yeah, oil is probably going to outperform or overperform based upon, based upon the, the shortages, okay? If, if I had to invest in something other than precious metals, if I was absolutely forced to, yeah, it would probably be fossil fuels because even with the shortages means higher prices. Higher prices means, hey, more money for us, right? As far as crypto, I don't know about this one. Okay, Bitcoin and Ethereum emerge from a long, dark crypto winter. It all depends on what the powers that be want. Okay, what is their plan for crypto? I don't know. I know that they do want central bank digital currencies. I saw a a, uh, conspiracy theory very recently that Bitcoin was designed as the precursor for central bank digital currencies. It was the, the trial run. And that they're going to to pull the plug or or transfer everything over, and all of a sudden this decentralized, you know, semi anonymous and, and mostly secure uh, cryptocurrency that the grandfather of them all is going to be be uh, revealed to be a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. And oh, by the way, it was always the globalist central bankers that were in charge of it the whole time. <laughs> Suckers. I don't know. I doubt that. But hey, the the theory's floating out there. Point being is that I don't know if there's going to be a a uh, resurgence for Ethereum and Bitcoin. I kind of hope there is because I am a fan of alternative economies, but um, way I got out of both of them long ago. So, uh, so, I mean, uh, from a personal perspective, I'm, I'm hopeful not for my own uh, finances, but for the sake of those who have, I know a lot of people who have had a lot of money tied into crypto. So yeah, I do hope there's a rebound, but I don't know if that's, What's in the cards for it? Number five, continued rise of resource nationalism. Hmm. Concerning. Or is it? Maybe this is a good thing. Uh, according to the article, the unforgettable, the unforgettable geopolitical lesson of the pandemic era has been that just-in-time supply chain dependence on countries that many uh, or may not have I think that meant that may or may not have another nation's interest at heart represents a dangerous strategic folly. It's well and good that we learned the lessons when we did. Countries around the world are now aggressively working to realign their supply chains and ensure that they have a strategic uh, have strategic resources in adequate supply to meet unexpected black swan events. Look for increasingly nas- uh, protectionist and nationalistic policies to dominate trade 
discussions. So I, this has been, I, I have had a bit of an ideological um, shift over the last, we'll call it six years, approximately. You know, there was a time when I was a free market purist, okay? I didn't care. You know, you want to trade with China? Great, trade with China. You want to trade with India? Great, trade with India. You want to trade with, with whoever? I don't care, right? I wasn't a fan of tariffs. I wasn't a fan fan of um, the various trade agreements they gave. The, yeah, I wanted a completely open market, okay? Just open. You make trade deals, you honor those trade deals, and, you know, then you cancel the trade deals and they no longer behoove you. To me, as a mostly a consumer nation rather than a producing nation, it behooved us. What I didn't realize and what I didn't anticipate was what we're experiencing now. And now I am becoming much, 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 much more of a protectionist, a nationalist when it comes to our resources. I do want everything, everything to be produced here. I don't want to be beholden to any other nation at all. I'm not saying we don't trade with them. There's a difference. I'm not saying that we cut off trade and we become complete protectionists, but very similar to how China operates. If there's one thing that China gets right with their government, it's their ability to say, hey, sure, we'll trade with everybody else unless we need it, in which case we're not trading anything. They do that on a heartbeat. Okay. And they can, I'm not suggesting we mimic their style or their authoritarianism or the fact that they have so much control over industries in their, in their nation. God forbid that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that if we do focus on incentivizing, incentivizing businesses to produce good stuff here, I'm not going to be able to get to the story, but there's a story over at alt, alt-market.us by Brandon Smith that I need to, I will get to it on the next episode. Uh, for sure. I've been sitting on it for a couple of episodes. It's a it's a long discussion, but long story short is that he's saying, look, we if we really want to fix this, our economic woes, then we have to start producing. And the way that we can produce here versus having to, to import so much stuff from everybody else, especially China, is if we focus on our greatest strength, which is quality. If we focus on quality here in the United States, if we produce things that are made to last Okay, the, the, there's a reason why so many goods, especially from China, why so many goods are essentially disposable. They're cheap. That's, that's the, the quote unquote good part about it, but they're also, they're designed to, you have to replace them every X amount of period of time. I mean, who remembers being able to buy a washer and dryer and expect to be able to use that washer and dryer for years, if not decades. That's not the case. I don't know if you bought washers and dryers lately, but they seem to be breaking down after like two or three years now. Okay. That doesn't make any sense, except it does because now you got to get warranties. Now you got to replace them. Now, sure. It was half the price of the one that you paid for before. It's supposedly better off and definitely you know, consumes much less energy because that's the important part, right? Better for the environment. But the, the equipment has become crap. It's not just washers and dryers or lawnmowers or dishwashers or whatever. It's pretty much across the board. The only industry that hasn't truly been affected by that has been the automotive industry, where where uh, just based upon the, the style of technological advancements there, cars, generally speaking, have gotten better from, a, a, well, ugh, I'm not, I don't have time to explain that. Cars can last longer. We'll just leave it there. Point being is that the continued rise of resource nationalism that i love i want that to be the case i'm not saying we become complete isolationists i'm not saying we stop trade but i want to know for example that if 
if China decides based upon their big spike in COVID that they're experiencing that they don't want to send out any of their pharmaceutical um, ingredients anymore, if they make that decision, we are screwed because 90% of the ingredients that go into our pharmaceuticals today in the United States are produced by China. We don't have a backup plan. And that's ludicrous. That's stupid. For pharmaceuticals, really? If you want to say, oh, you know, we can't make any more iPhones here. Okay, that sucks, but but that is what it is. That's not that's not crucial. Pharmaceuticals, life and death for millions, tens of millions of Americans. So don't tell me that it was a smart move to get the cheap ingredients from China. Okay, we are beholden to them when it comes to, to pharmaceuticals. And that sucks. After the break, we've got one more segment. I will hopefully be able to get to the rest of this list. If not, we'll just have to not. So stay tuned. So let's be honest. The vast majority of long-term storage, survival food, prepper food, it's just awful. I mean, it just tastes, tastes really, really bad. And uh, that's why they expect us to to eat during the the apocalypse. Well, if the crap hits the fan, I'm going to actually be eating good food. I go to LatePrepper.com, a website that I built based upon two partnerships, the two companies that produce actually really good food. No need to set up a bulk discount. Doesn't matter whether you buy one or ten. There's no no hidden fees here. As a matter of fact, we charge the same price that the the source companies charge. The difference is we actually have exclusive discounts. Use promo code. Prep 2023 for 10% off, or for the you big spenders, use code PREP2030 for 15% off on orders of $777 or more. Go to lateprepper.com and eat well for the apocalypse. And we are back. And uh, again, final time I'll say this. Today's show is a test. It's a test run to see, hmm, can we do a separate, exclusive, two-hour radio show for America Out Loud Talk Radio? And uh, the, the answer is yes, of course, we can do it. The question is, should we? Is there a broad enough audience at America Out Loud Talk Radio to justify doing it? And if there is... I will do it in a heartbeat. You know, we now, because we have a producer starting to, on uh, January 16th, will the the uh, show will be broadcast, the, the regular show, the video show, will be broadcast live Monday through Friday at um, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11, a, 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, so 2 p.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll be taking live calls. We'll be doing, getting live guests. It's going to be a very amazing transition for the show. So the question is, do we do an exclusive show for America Out Loud for radio? And when I say exclusive, I should say an exclusive radio show. And America Out Loud right now is by far, I mean, it's it's the the biggest one for us. But how big is it? Is it big enough to justify? So that's why I need you, if you are listening at AmericaOutloud.com or listening through TuneIn, or I mean, he's Malcolm's got it set up across the board everywhere, right? He's done a fantastic job you know, through all the various podcast networks, Apple Podcasts and all that stuff. If you're listening to me through an America Out Loud affiliate, we'll say, or, or venue, whatever, 
then go to jdrucker.com slash talk, jdrucker.com slash talk, and let me know you're out there. So we will we'll start doing a two-hour exclusive every day, Monday through Friday, for my America Out Loud talk radio show. Awesome stuff. So let's continue. Hopefully, this article by, I kept forgetting his name. I apologize to Michael Wilkerson for forgetting his name. The article is 12 events to watch for in 2023, and we are on to number six. Traditional global alliances break, new ones form. This is arguably the scariest one. Anybody who's familiar with BRICS and the growing influence of BRICS and the diminishing influence of the United States of America on the global arena, the global scale, this one this one could be a bad one because we do leverage our relationships so well. We have, I shouldn't say so well. We've done an adequate job of leveraging our relationships. I think we may, may our foreign relations have been far too extensive. We've, we're spread out way too thin as a nation, but, but we've been able to have influence, maybe influence that we shouldn't have had. But the problem is, and the only reason that I haven't been a complete isolationist in that regard is because, uh, you know, it, in a vacuum of power, then others will step in. And so if we're not there, then somebody else will. I know that's the neocon perspective. I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying that I definitely am not justifying putting troops anywhere, anywhere. I, I don't care. Okay. Keep our troops home. You know, if, if, unless somebody's going to attack us, I don't want our, a single troop anywhere else. Right. Um, and keep our money here aid. But when it comes to influence, in other words, when it comes to trade partners, for example, when it comes to humanitarian aid, when it makes absolute positive sense, when it comes to that type of influence, when we leave, somebody else steps in and it's probably going to be the Chinese Communist Party or Russia or BRICS in general. Anyway, so according to the article, longstanding partnerships such as the United States' relationship with Saudi Arabia have already begun to unravel. Expect further strengthening of the China and Russia-led alliance in involving former U.S. allies or at least non-aligned nations such as India, Turkey, South Africa, and Brazil. As a contractor, I choose hardy fiber cement because I've seen it outperform wood-based siding and other hard siding materials. The high-quality craftsmanship translates into beautiful and durable results that leave our customers at G-Fidel extremely satisfied. Using Hardy Siding has significantly reduced my callbacks and warranty claims, too. At James Hardy, we're here to support you. From training materials to resources that can help you generate a greater profit. Learn more about growing your business with us at jameshardy.com build. Do you ever feel like you're stuck in a rut? Break out of it and take control of your future by training for a new career at Arc Labs Welding School. In as little as six months, you can learn the skills employers are looking for and start a new career in an important and in-demand field. From complete beginner to industry veteran, we have classes for all skill levels featuring hands-on training on a schedule that works for you. Stop thinking about a new career and make it happen. Classes are enrolling now. Visit arclabs.edu to get started today. Which all of the Turkey is is could be a BRICS nation someday. Uh, India, South Africa, and Brazil already are. So, huh, crazy stuff. Most vulnerable to geopolitical shifts are countries in Africa, Southeast Asia, and and South America, which is basically everywhere else except for well, whatever. <laughs> Not ripping on on the article, just saying. Because of sanctions, warfare, and incoherent or at least inconsistent foreign policy, the United States ends up in a net deficit position, losing more friends than it gains in this process. And that is, like I said, a very big concern because when, you know, us having leverage, it has not, the United States has not been able to properly use its leverage. So, you know, just as an example, we were in Afghanistan for what, two decades? 
And yet, why didn't we? Afghanistan, next to China, Afghanistan has the the highest concentration of rare earths. If we're going to be there, why didn't we get them? That's stupid. That's idiotic. That is the dumbest thing possible. Okay. Hey, we're going to help you with the Taliban. We're going to help keep you in control. We're going to take your rare earths. Okay. You like that? You don't like that? Then, then you know, if you don't like it, we'll leave. Either way, we win. Okay. <laughs> it's a benefit for us. Either we move out. Uh, and you know we, we protect our troops we protect our nation we move our, our troops out you guys fend for yourselves um or we if we're going to stay here then we're getting your rare earth so that's that's the the style of negotiation that the chinese communist party will do with these countries we didn't we're stupid in that regard and we should have number seven u.s uh, dollar dominance continues to erode hard money returns to favor with commodity-backed currencies taking the spotlight alt payment systems petrodollars being replaced with uh, petro rubles or petro yuans, as well as central bank issued digital currencies, will all conspire to slowly erode the U.S. dollar's share of global financial and trade flows. Cannot stress this enough. This is already in the process of happening, folks. The digital dollar is, is definitely going to be a thing. It's already happening. Digital currencies across the globe are already popping up at various degrees of of uh, finality. Eventually, and I would say it's most likely going to be finalized in 2024, but it could happen as early as 2023, we are going to see essentially all of the current paper fiat currencies replaced by digital currencies. And when that happens, we will we will at some point in the future, I don't know if it's this year, next year, 10 years from now, whenever, but at some point, the vulnerability of these central bank digital currencies spread out across the globe in various countries will be revealed. And then the, the ultimate solution to all of the world's financial problems, they will have one central bank digital currency. That is the true central bank digital currency, one currency to rule them all. Everything else will, will be replaced. And then we will have the one world currency. That's the path that we're on. And I don't see an easy way to break off that path. Again, I always stress to people, focus locally, build up your local economies as best you can, your local trade, get trade partners, get bartering partners, get people close by the, and I don't, this is, these are all band-aid solutions. That's short-term stuff, you know, but with that said, we need to do something. We need to protect ourselves. Because there's going to be the vast majority of Americans are going to become more and more and more beholden to government and central bank digital currencies is the easiest way to have complete control over what people do, where they do it, who they do it with. We're seeing so many control factors being put into place. This is one of the reasons why I'm so, so happy that uh, Old Glory Bank is finally launching in March. I don't have all the details. I'm trying to get somebody over there to do an interview with me. You know, Seth Rich and a bunch of other rich celebrities bought a bank in Oklahoma and they're opening it up for the public and it's going to be awesome. I have a feeling it's going to be great. Can't wait to open my account there. They're not a sponsor, by the way. <laughs> so if you're thinking, oh, you know, must, today's show is sponsored by Old Glory Bank. Nope, nope. I just really greatly appreciate what they're doing. And one of the main reasons <clears throat> is cancel culture, of course. You know, people getting their bank accounts closed, they're PayPal, $2,500 fines, their gifts and goes, or not gifts and go, but their, their um, GoFundMe, gifts and goes, good. GoFundMe, bad. Patreon, bad. Okay. The, uh, the ability, not ability, the, um, 
the likelihood of a of a conservative or a Christian or both getting canceled financially speaking is growing every single day, which is why I like ideas such as Old Glory Bank, such as Give, Send, Go. Okay, and you can always support me in the show by going to GiveSendGo.com slash J.D. Rucker. Well, there we go. See, I was able to throw that in there smoothly without an, uh, it wasn't even planned. I was impromptu. Man, I can't wait. I really want to do a standalone radio show because I like radio. Okay. The funny part is boy, this one of the reasons that I can't do video is because when I do, uh, well, I mean, I can't do video, but why can't I, why I am different when doing radio versus video. I, my eyes are closed. I know that sounds weird, but I close my eyes when I'm not reading. Okay. My thought process works best when I close my eyes and I focus on exactly what it is that I want to say. I don't always come across the right way, but by golly, I, I can at least, hopefully, hopefully you guys will, will see or hear, I should say, that that this is a potential huge benefit for for at least the show, if not for America. So if you do want to hear me talking with an exclusive show for radio, go to jdrucker.com slash talk and let me know where you're hearing me. That way I can gauge whether or not it is it behooves me to add two more hours of work to my day. Uh, I I definitely don't mind doing it. I just want to make sure that it's worthwhile. So go there, check it out. Well, don't check anything out. Just let me know how you feel. So number eight, uh, the West, weary of cost of Ukraine war, sues for peace. Ooh, that's weird. That's a concept. Well, it may not be realistic to think that Russia can bomb the Ukrainian people into submission. The increasing costs of supporting Ukraine's war with Russia will challenge political leaders across the West. This fatigue will increase as more citizens start to ask reasonable questions about whether hundreds of billions of dollars or euros might not be better spent to to take on some of the domestic economic and social challenges that these nations face at home. Eventually, Western governments and Putin each decide that a half a loaf is better than no loaf at all. You know, I want all the loaves to stay here in the United States. I'm not a fan of a whole lot of foreign aid. I'm not a fan of military aid. I'm definitely not a fan of sending any of this aid to Ukraine. Not because I'm against the Ukrainian people, not because I'm pro-Putin, but because I can argue, and I think that this argument can be made very clearly by smarter people than me. I can argue, though, that we are perpetuating the suffering of the Ukrainian people by continuing to push this. Had Russia, had we not helped out, and Western nations not been so directly involved with the war, I'm not talking about humanitarian efforts, I'm talking about the war itself. And I think it's likely that the the Vladimir Zelensky regime would have already fallen, the very corrupt regime, and that you know Russia would have gotten what it wants with with Crimea and with the uh, with their the eastern border, and you know the the people that are there who want to be part of Russia will get their way too, and the people that don't want to be part of Russia will still be Ukrainians and everything's everything's hunky dory. Maybe that's a an idealistic dream dreamy way of looking at it, but that's what I think could have happened if we didn't just butter nose into it. Instead, we're perpetuating the war. We're perpetuating the suffering. By giving them just enough aid to fight back on Russia, but not enough to actually do anything about it. I'm not suggesting we should give should have given more by any means. I'm just saying that, look, it has been a lost cause from the beginning. We should have just let 
this regional conflict take place, just as we wouldn't have wanted Russia to get involved when we're we're in Iraq or when we're in uh, Afghanistan. We would have gotten mad if they got involved, you know, in that those regional conflicts. I don't blame them for getting mad that we're involved. Again, I'm not justifying the invasion. I think the invasion. I think the Russians are in the wrong, obviously. And I don't want to blame the Ukrainian people by any means for being victims because they are victims. But I do blame Vladimir Zelensky just as much as I blame Vladimir um, Putin. Okay, Zelensky could have stopped this war many times over the last year. He could have prevented the war from happening in the first place if he had just revealed before the war what he already knew, what he's revealed now to CNN, that Biden, the Biden regime and, and NATO in general told him, hey, your Ukraine's membership to, to NATO is denied. But don't tell anybody. We don't want anybody to know that because, you know, maybe Russia won't invade if if we want Russia to invade. That should concern you that they wanted Russia to invade. Of course, it should concern you. But we'll talk about that more someday, someday soon. Number nine, domino effect of exposure. The recent uncovering of high-level frauds and corruption involving U.S. government agencies and personnel continues. Increasing transparency leads to accountability. (laughs) I don't know if that's true. Uh, I wish it were true. Hopefully it does. Hopefully it will happen, but I'm not so sure. Well, anyway, eventually the evidence becomes too overwhelming to ignore. Arrests, trials, and convictions ensue. Congressional hearings lead to a wave of resignations and first steps towards fundamental institutional reform. Gosh, I hope that's all correct. I really do. I'm not, I'm not holding my breath, though. Okay. Do I think there's going to be congressional hearings? Sure. Do I think anything will come from them? There's, there's going to be arrests, trials, and convictions? No, I don't. I think that it's just going to be buried by corporate media, buried by the government. Republicans will say, hey, we did it. We had our hearing, and we exposed them. Victory. But no, I don't think people are going to get arrested for it, even though they clearly should. <laughs> Number 10, China barks but doesn't bite at Taiwan. Gosh, I hope this one's true, too. While we expect, we should expect, the growling and barking to grow louder with more frequent airspace incursions, naval activity, intimidation, and outright threats, it is highly unlikely that China invades Taiwan in 2023. While China most certainly would prefer to confront Taiwan, while the Biden administration remains in power rather than face an improbable return of Donald, improbable return of Donald Trump to the presidency, that's weird, uh, Xi Jinping's government will conclude that they are not ready militarily, politically, or otherwise to invade Taiwan. Domestic issues, including a worsening economy and rising social unrest within mainland China, will mean that creating a row with the United States and other trading partners in the West remains untenable for the time being. While Russia might be able to make do without selling gas to Germany, there's no way the Chinese economy can survive it if abruptly cuts itself off from the United States and the um, Western Europe. Again, I really hope that one's true. Number 11. Second half rebound in economy and markets. I'll already say wrong, but whatever. <laughs> While I'm not optimistic about the first half, I take great comfort in the breadth and resilience of the American economy. You know, I did too, by the way, until 2021. <laughs> that all changed. Back to the article. There is enormous unleashed latent potential in oil and gas and manufacturing onshoring in supply chain realignment and in new technologies such as AI, quantum computing, blockchain, and cold fusion. Wow. I'm just going to disagree across the board there and leave it at that. Number 12, more of the same. What could derail a more V-shaped recovery are the same forces that help bring the recession about. 
poor policy decisions that continue to damage our energy industry, keep our borders insecure, and fail to dismantle the out-of-control regulatory bureaucracy that is impeding innovations in energy, uh, financial services, and technology. Um, Again, I look, things may get better. That'll be because God wills them to get better. It's definitely not going to be because the Biden-Harris regime comes to their senses. It's not going to be because Republicans in Congress are able to fix things. We can and should expect things to get worse. Prepare for the worst, pray for the best. It's the best way to look at it. So uh, this list started off with a bang, but I disagreed with the last few. So whatever, it is what it is. We're not always going to agree. Uh, Go to jdrecker.com slash talk and let me know where you're hearing me from. Lord willing, we will be back very soon with another episode. But in the meantime, you all stay strong, stay safe, and God bless.